What's your favorite alcoholic beverage? If you love being in a girl group, this is totally for you. Some people call us overwhelming. Love it or leave it, we don't care. No, but we want you here. Welcome to you. Can sip with us. Sip with us. Hi, Ash. So, okay, you guys, it's Sunday. You guys are listening to this on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. And last Hopefully, night... Hopefully, crack it on first thing you're doing Tuesday, obviously. Duh. Yeah. So on Saturday night, Ashley had her big celebration in her company as the number one person. Again, for the second mm-hmm. year in a row. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure last night was a lot. A lot of a lot a lot. How are you feeling now? How did it feel to how does it feel to be you today? So, you know, yeah, I um we'll put up, I don't know how long the recording's gonna be available, but we'll go ahead on stories today. Uh, I'll do a swipe up and you guys can go check out the presentation and and then a speech at the end. I sobbed and bawled through the whole thing because I still get really overwhelmed when people, I think like, I like myself now, but I think from the history that I have of being really hard on myself and not liking myself that I get really emotional when people say nice things about me and like, love me. When I went viral the first time and people were like, you deserve that. It wasn't the going viral that made me emotional. It was when people said like, you deserve this. If anyone deserves it, it's you. I'm like, what you like, you know, you like me. I don't know. It's just this weird thing. And so I bawled through the whole thing because it's a lot of people saying nice things about me and loving me. And I felt Mm -hmm. really loved all day. My team sent gifts. I got texts from people and you and felt really special. Um, it was really hard. And if you listen to Patreon, I kind of got vulnerable and shared some stuff over there on last week's episode about it. Um, but it was hard that it wasn't in person, but I, if it was in person, I wouldn't have been able to speak the way that I spoke last night because Mm. I was able to think it through and really, I mean, I probably went on too long thanking people, but I needed to, it was like my, I don't think I'll have that opportunity again. And I, you know, part of my speech is like, it's my name that they're announcing and they're telling me all these nice things, but it is definitely not a result of just me. There are so many people who played a part in the actual achievement or in like for you being so supportive of every single step. And for my dad, right? Like my dad didn't, you and my dad didn't like grow my business, but you grew me as a person, right? So there's like all these people Mm. that have a hand in this. And I felt like it was just really important for me to thank them publicly. And so I sobbed through all of that. And, and then my um, aunt and uncle and cousins were here and they brought all these balloons and confetti filled balloons and champagne with like edible glitter in it. They made a banner. They had custom gluten-free cookies made in like Beachbody logo and the number one coach. And they brought sparklers for, you know, I, I mean, they just were so good to celebrate. And so while it wasn't in person, I couldn't be with my team. There were benefits to it and it was amazing. And I still felt like emotion hangover today. Like I was just like, Whoa, I was just a lot to process, but in such a good way. Yeah. Yeah. 
I feel, I feel like, you know, on Patreon, I talked about how I was really sad. It wasn't in person, but yesterday I didn't feel sad at all. I felt really happy and, you know, loved and stuff. Yeah. So it was really cool. Yeah. It was cool to see the production quality of that whole They did a great job. That was pretty amazing. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I, I had to give a shout out to the to the teams that worked on that because it was supposed to be, I mean, I don't know what the budget is for this event. It's millions. I don't know how many millions, but it's 30,000 people for at least a week that they have all these places completely rented out. You mean they're renting, this was supposed to be in New Orleans at the Superdome and then the convention center. So they have this all rented out and they have a huge amount of team and setup and all of these things to then a couple months ago have to pivot and figure out how to make it special virtually. Yeah. I, it was incredible the way that they did it. They did such a good job, that team. Yep. Okay. We have review of the week, Ash. Mm -hmm. Wait, what are you sipping? Okay. I'm sipping on, I went into the depths of my fridge and grabbed, I, I, and then I, is that you? You know, I saw in the fridge. Could it be? Could it be? (laughs) Could it be? And I had, one more of the Oza <gasps> classic Oza. Bellinis in a can. And it's a hot day here in Portland. I know it's not nearly as... You would laugh well, at me saying that. Here. No, but I, I I know, but I... But for my little yeah. Portland yeah. body and spirit, yeah. it's it's a warmer. Well, I always hated that. I'd be like, oh gosh, it's hot here today. And then people from Arizona, when I was in Oregon, they'd be like, oh, you don't even know what hot is. Or I'd be yeah. like, it's cold here today. And then people from the Midwest would be like, you don't even know what cold is. And I'm like, just because... It's not yeah. as cold or as hot. Doesn't mean it's not hot or cold for me. So just for piss me. off. It's so, hot for me yes, today. It's hot there today. And that is great call. And uh, when it's hot, the little carbonation, the little yeah. uh, fruity fruit. What are you drinking? I am doing a spritzer. The Truly Strawberry Lemonade mixed with rosé. A Syrah nice. Grenache rosé from France. A lot of people making the frosé. From last week. Yeah. Yeah. I and a, loving I had it. had that last night. It's yeah. so good, you guys, isn't it? So next week, you guys, we're going to do a blind taste test of hard seltzer. Yes. we. Oh, okay. So we should mention, we told our soul sippers over on Patreon that today we were going to do a blind taste test. Yeah. Pivot. But we're doing a pivot. We're pivoting because we have a super special guest and it was such good content. It's my sleep coach and hopefully soon to be some of your sleep coaches, but she had such good content that that's basically going to be this whole episode. So, because she's just so good. Yes. Okay. okay I'm looking at, there's so the many good reviews of the week <gasps> and I'm not going to share them. It up all but you guys are doing really really well and i'm proud of you keep going if you disappoint me now now that i'm proud of you we're gonna have a oh real gosh problem. yeah okay here we go did anyone this talk is, dirty to us oh yeah we did ask for that didn't we people talked really nice to us oh, okay yeah well yeah they let's probably see. thought it was a joke no dirty we want it's not a joke so actually i'm very disappointed in you try again (laughs) another hit that five star again try again try again okay here we go this is from cruising mago i've been meaning to write this post for months but quarantine life being pregnant and now having a two-month-old has kept me preoccupied i'd say so yeah 
I found this podcast because I follow Ashley on Insta. My husband listens to podcasts religiously. He walks around the house with his stupid AirPods in laughing to himself. Me? I've never found one that I can listen to for more than two and a half seconds without being bored to death. Q, you can sip with us. While pregnant, I listen on my way to and from work and laugh so hard my baby boy would kick me to let me know he liked them too. I missed several episodes toward the end of my pregnancy and when my baby was born. When I was struggling with breastfeeding, my husband suggested I listen to podcasts during the exhausting middle of the night feedings. Mm -hmm. God, I know those. Yep. (laughs) Woo! He bought me AirPods. I now think that they should be a mandatory gift when you have a baby, which I keep next to the yes. to the pump in the nursery, to the formula and pump in the nursery and use to listen every night and day. I have to stop myself from laughing so my baby doesn't unlatch. What <laughs> will I do when I finally get caught up? These girls are the best friends you never knew you needed. Thanks for keeping me laughing through some tough times. Gotta go now that I can drink again, pouring a glass of wine and finishing up an episode. Thanks again, ladies. That was worth the wait. That like, you know, you said you've been wanting to write that for a while. That was worth the wait. Thank you for. Ooh. What? You found another good one? Well, people are writing good drink recipes too. Meg from NOLA. Prosecco with a splash of limoncello, a lemon slice and a sprig of rosemary. That oh, spr- sounds up now that a sprig of rose. I've done limoncello and champagne before. I think you've even had that with me and that knocks yeah. you on your ass quick. You know what I'd like to know for follow up question. Hit us up somehow. Do you have a favorite brand of limoncello? Yeah, because I never know what one to get. And sometimes I get good ones. And then sometimes I've had not good ones. And I never okay, I'm going to read one. I'm going to read one more review because the drink on here is really good. This is from Wrangler of the Tiny Humans. Subject, best two hours of my week. I listen on Tuesday and, and I'm a double sister soul sipper on Fridays. They are the best and I truly laugh my butt off and look forward to Tuesdays and Fridays especially Friday. The podcast is a part of my morning routine. I drop the tiny humans off at daycare and the instant I get into my car, I turn on the second round podcast and drive to pick up coffee. I never gave up my $5 lattes because those are also too important. But the $5 is the best money I spent each month to laugh. They never disappoint. But here's the drink. As requested, I'm from Chandler, Arizona. And my favorite drink is coconut tequila. Contro, fresh limes, fresh jalapenos, and a splash of club soda. I'm instantly sitting on a beach. Oh my gosh. Okay, well, I need to make that right now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. We. All right. Speaking of things that you need to make right <laughs> Speaking now. Speaking of things. Speaking oh, what of do they things need to make? in general. <laughs> Speaking of things, I'm glad you mentioned things because I've got a great transition. I was going to say, you got to make haste and oh. get out the door. I but before you, gonna... you do, you got to put your socks on. Do you yeah. like it? No, I thought that was good. I thought you were going to say, speaking of things that you need to make and order on features.com <laughs> because you need these socks on your feet. Okay. Yeah. So we've talked about the importance of proper, you know, footwear, things that make you feel cozy and comfortable. We found a new sock company, guys. Yeah. You're going to need them. 
You're going to mm-hmm. need them. They are actually, aren't they for runners too? Oh my gosh. Like I feel yes. Like, yeah. And yeah. you are a runner. Guys, I'm not I, a runner right now and I love them. These are hands down the most comfortable running socks I have ever put on. High performance, no bunching, no slipping, no friction, no blisters. None of the BS. I see these socks like when they're fresh and clean and I think, yes, I'm so excited. Get them on my feet. They're also great for everyday wear. I mean, I they're not just running. The cushion, yeah. the support, um, they also have zone-specific compression. Just everything I about them. That. I love them for my workouts. I love them for just... I mean, I just put them on to feel nice and cozy cozy. That's too, one of my so favorite soft. things, though. That compression that like it feels good on your arch. It's like a hug on your foot, you know, mm-hmm. and they're I mean, they're engineered to help you achieve your best every day, whether you're working out or you're on the go. So it's like call sets, not just a running. It's not just a running sock. No. And they have a lifetime guarantee. They're so durable and long lasting that if you're unsatisfied at any point, They'll give you a replacement pair. No questions asked. Family owned right company. Guys, you got to go see why Features has quickly become the number one running sock in America. For listeners of You Can Sip With Us, you can receive $10 off your first pair of features by going to features.com and using our code SIP. That's $10 off your first pair when you go to FEE. T-U-R-E-S dot com and enter promo code SIP at checkout. Again, that's features.com. Use our code SIP and get $10 off your first pair of features. All right. Okay. Now, without further ado, let's get you mama some sleep. We have pediatric sleep consultant, a baby whisperer who has Mm -hmm. the heart of a mama, but the head of an RN. Jenna is with us today. She was one, I've referenced this guest that we have, and you guys know, we don't, we don't just bring you any Joe Schmo off the street. We have only had three guests in the past. One is our spiritual medium, basically our own personalized spiritual medium, Erica. One is Perez Hilton and one is Wells Adams from the Bachelor franchise. I have talked about this person several times. She was one of my favorite products a couple weeks ago. And she's kind of made the first year, well, six months of our life with Max so good. And so we asked her to come on and share some tips with you guys. It is my sleep coach, uh, my saving grace, my 24 hours available, like phone a friend, help me. What do I do? Jenna. So yay. Hi, Hi, Jenna. Hi, thank you so, so much for having me. I'm so, so happy to be here. And I am just so excited to talk to everyone and let you guys know a little bit about um, For the Love of Sleep and kind of what I do to um, help and encourage mamas. So just to give you a little bit of a background, I am by trade a pediatric ICU nurse and have been for over eight years now and started back in 2013 doing some sleep training for friends and family and kind of was obsessed with it before I had kids. Um, My husband and I have super demanding, crazy jobs with different hours. And so I knew that sleep was super important, but we also wanted to have a life and be able to travel and do fun things. But in the mix of all that, have a good routine. So 
started um, really researching different programs and the developmental stages and the brain of a baby and all of that good stuff and kind of came up with my own little program, especially when my youngest was, oh, I would say two months old. And so I've kind of critiqued it since 2013, probably the summer of 2013, and just kind of started helping friends and family. And then that just spiraled into their friends and family. Mm -hmm. And so come December of this last year, I went PRN at um, my hospital job. What does that mean? So so PRN is just like um, as needed. Um, So I don't have any required shifts at the hospital but um, I didn't want to leave completely because I still love taking care of, you know, sick babies and keeping my hands in the medical part of stuff. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, I can just make my own schedule, go to the hospital when I want to, but really truly focus on sleep training and helping these mamas. So really I started and was doing a lot of local stuff. We're going, I was going into homes to help overnight. Like I was hands-on doing a lot of in-home sleep stuff. And then I think that in February, when I started to get do more online things, I reached out to you, Ashley, I think it was like February 16th. And I was like, Oh, gosh, like, you know, all of these big name people and just me little pee on me. I just really like could could sense and feel in your heart, like how much it was struggling and weighing you down. And I just wanted more or less, like, I didn't even care if you picked me to help you. I just wanted you to know that you were supported Mm -hmm. and, you know, had somebody on your side and your team. So I reached out to you and I didn't even think anything of it that you would message me back and you did. And we ended up talking and chatting and Kind of from there, my online business has kind of grown and um, I have lots of different packages, packages, of course, like where I can come to you and do things in person. But my main packages are where I create an individualized routine specific to your baby's developmental needs, how many feeds they need to be having in a day, how much sleep they need to be having, how much wake time they need to be having to take all the guesswork out for you. And Um, based on the parents, you like made it work for us. Cause you know, John and I are like more night owls and not, you know, so like you kind of shifted the whole routine later for us so that it wasn't like Max getting up at 6am or what, you know, like I also liked, it wasn't just about the babies. It was also about the parents and trying to make that schedule work for the family, which I appreciated. Exactly. So we really try and customize that routine based on your guys's preference as the parents of when you want your baby to be waking up, you know, within reason. And I'll kind of say like, you know, you might be on maternity leave now, but if you're going back to work in four weeks, then, you know, we really need to get baby into that good routine based on where you're going to need them to be in four weeks. So I just take into account all of those kind of things. And then send you out um, a personalized routine a couple of days prior to us starting our texting. And then each package includes three days of texting where we basically text nonstop. And I just will say that that has been, it's super hard for me to not be there with you guys. And so when I can text and check in and constantly ask like, how are they doing? You know, when did they go down for their nap? When did they start crying? And then I can give you X, Y, and Z things to do um, Mm -hmm. versus you just reading off a paper and being like, okay, well, this isn't going right. And then it's basically you throw your hands up and are done with other sleep programs. You know, I can be there right there in the moment with you troubleshooting, checking things off the list of 
what you've tried, what you haven't tried. And then, you know, it's just a super stressful time. And so being able to take the timing aspect out of your brain and me being able to give you all the timing things is super important and has been one of the biggest things that parents have loved about it. And plus having, I mean, there's times when she says like you're texting all day, you're texting all day. And I, I mean, you pull some crazy hours. So you're in around the Kansas City area? So I'm in Wichita. So I'm about two and a half hours south of Kansas City. Okay. So we're like literally smack dab in the middle of Kansas. Okay. But I'm in Arizona, so you can do this virtually. She was maybe going to come out and do like an overnight with us and then COVID happened. Um, but it is, uh, your hours are crazy where sometimes I'll text her and it'll be like midnight here, which is 2 a.m. there. And not every time, like sometimes, you know, but she, but you're also good about telling me, Hey, okay, I'm about to go to bed. How are things going? You know, checking in before, but then I'll, you know, and you, you're very good about checking in and I'll say, Oh, he's really struggling right now. What do I do? And when you're in that moment, mamas, you know, or if you're pregnant right now and you're going to be, you're like, I need to know now. I don't need to, don't give me the general, Hey, when this happens again in a day, like I need to know right now, do I go in? Do I pace, you know, pick him up? Do I rock him? Do I give him his binky? Do I let him cry? Like, what do I do? And taking, and we're all emotional about it because it's our babies that we're hearing crying. And I know you love the babies and the mamas, but you're able to think like what actually is going to benefit the baby right now. And sometimes, I mean, we'll probably get into this. We did have to let Matt cry a little bit. I mean, and maybe we can talk about that, but anyway. Yeah, no. So I always say, and I never want to undermine it, getting your baby into a routine, especially if they've never placed themselves to sleep, they've never learned to cycle through those sleep cycles. It is, it's a big change for them. So there are tears, but I always kind of say, you know, there's a pediatrician at St. Louis Children's Hospital that always talks about like when your baby is getting their diaper changed and they have poop all over their bottom and they're screaming their head off. You're not going to stop changing their diaper just because they're screaming and throwing a fit. You're going to talk to them, remind them that they're safe, that this is something that's super important for them. It's one of their basic needs in order to, you know, to be healthy and not have a bottom that has poop on it they have to get it cleaned up so kind of just as sleep we have to teach them that sleep is important and in order for our babies to grow and to develop appropriately they have to get adequate amount of sleep I always say like in that first year of your baby's life they change and grow faster than any other time in their whole life. And so if they're not getting the adequate amount of rest that their brain needs, then their brain is not able to developmentally um, reach that maximum potential. So yes, crying is involved, but I always say I have a mama's heart and a nurse's brain and I would never allow it to be unhealthy. I'm there with you through every single second letting you know when you can go in and soothe. When they do get above four months old, I always say that it's almost like a tease when you go in and out of their room because it's something that like, it it just prolongs the process. So they cry for 20 minutes and then they know that you're going to come in and then they just keep crying for 20 minutes and then they know that you're going to come in. So I just say that, you know, when they get developmentally where they can really just allow them to be, it just makes the process go so much faster and smoother. And I, 
I know, and I've never had a mama say like that has finished the process that stuck to, you know, each step that I've led them through has never come out and said, Oh my gosh, I just don't have a happier baby because of this. And it's, mm-hmm. it's usually the complete opposite that, Oh my gosh, like not only is my baby sleeping, but this awake time is so much more enjoyable. Like we were able to go to the pool or to the grocery store or out to dinner and my baby sat and during their wake time, we're happy. So it, I always say that they are hard and I never want to undermine those hard days, but the good is good. And yeah, it's just really good. And I also always felt supported because you would say, okay, stay strong. Like he can do this, you know, he can do this, stay strong. And then there would be, it's, there's been a couple of times where I'm like, I can't, Jenna, I have to go get him. And you're like, okay, yeah. go ahead. You know, like, so it's, yeah. Anyway, but it is, they thrive on routine. And another thing that comes from that routine is I asked you and Mac went through his four month leap there's a very famous four month sleep regression that everybody talks about. And I was like, now, do you think this is a thing? Cause he was kind of like fussing and you're like, honestly, for a baby that feels comfortable in their bed and they can place themselves to sleep, we don't really see much of a regression. And that was true for us. Mac did not have a regression, but Rev for sure did because I didn't have this coaching with Rev. So anyway, um, yeah, let's jump in. So I know for, for, uh, so Jenna, I have a 13 month old, almost 14 month old Ben. And I remember that four month sleep regression and it hit us hard and leading up to it. So this is, uh, the week before the, the four month sleep regression, he got a fever. It was the first time that he had gotten sick. And of course he had the snuffy nose, stuffy nose. And I mean, he was running a fever, right. And really upset throughout the night, just kind of restless. And we were going in and rocking him. And do, I mean, anytime he made a peep or was upset, we went in cause our baby was sick, but then Ben definitely started feeling better. But what didn't stop was him waking up and crying and us going in. And I remember a week where it was just really, really, really <clears throat> difficult. And does that four month sleep regression happen because babies start to make that connection that if I cry, you will come? Is that typically when babies have that aha moment? Is that why it's such a challenging time? They become more aware of their surroundings for sure. But at that four month point, their brain is going through a lot developmentally. A lot of times Mm. babies are learning how to roll back and forth and they're learning how to grasp things. And so those milestones in that month four um, is just so strong. And if your baby's brain is just so overwhelmed and overwhelmed or overtired, then it's a lot harder for them to place themselves to sleep. So a good baby that's always been naturally done so good at just, I mean, maybe you're, you hold them for two seconds and rock them or whatnot, and then you lay them down and they go to sleep, but probably not fully placing themselves to sleep. And once their brain is in basically overdrive, then they have that harder time placing themselves to sleep when their brain is going through such a big, huge developmental leap on top of learning how to place himself to sleep. Mm-hmm. So you're taking out one of those challenges for them, basically, because their world's expanding and they don't have to process their expanding world and process placing themselves to sleep. You're kind of removing that. 
Exactly. So it's just, it's once they, from the beginning or the earlier they have those good habits instilled, then the less, you know, come about just because placing themselves to sleep is so, so key with any kind of developmental leap, any kind of sickness or anything like that, because when they are not at their baseline normal or when their brain is going through a leap or when they're, you know, so overtired, they and they don't have that basis of placing themselves to sleep, then it's just 10 times harder on them. And it just makes for a fussier baby and a baby that doesn't sleep. What are, you mentioned good habits. What are the best good habits when it comes to babies and sleep? I always just say from the very beginning, um, doing the eat, wake, sleep. So, and what I mean by that is, Focusing on, especially if you're a breastfeeding mom, really focusing on establishing good breastfeeding um, habits from the beginning where your baby is sucking for the full duration of their feed and not just snacking. So just, you know, more of a pacifying suck versus a real feed. And I, you know, just say that really, truly those first two weeks should really be focused on getting those full feeds in because the more we allow our baby to be a snack feeder, then they're going to be a cat napper because their tummy is never full. So we can't expect them to sleep longer stretches if they're never getting full feeds in. So really, truly doing that feeding where they feed, then they're awake for their amount of wake time. They do their wake time and then you're placing them down into their safe sleep space awake, whether that's a bassinet, a pack and play, or a crib. And I I just always encourage moms that you know, if you're home and you're placing them into their crib or placing them into a bassinet versus a swing or a bouncy seat or something of that sort, just as they start to develop those habits, just because the more, you know, we use those aids, the more those become little habits for them. And it's not something that we can never use or never do. But once we have a good solid foundation, then you can steer away from doing other things and allow, you know, a little bit more freedom once you have those good sleep habits established. Like, for example, we started with both of my girls from day one, getting them into a good eat, wake, sleep. I breastfed exclusively. And at three months old, we had a, my husband was in a wedding in Las Vegas. And so we knew that we were going to take baby with us. My mom was coming to be there so that she could stay back with her. But I, I knew that we would be fine. So like on the airplane, I planned it that it would be over her nap time and she slept that whole hour and a half flight. And then it was just so nice that we would have a stroller. And when it was nap time, she would lay in the stroller and take a nap and then I would feed her and we could just live our life on the go. But staying on that eat, wake, sleep routine, you know, is that good habit and that good foundation to, to lasting good habits. What are some common mistakes that you Mm. see with a lot of your clients? Like, you know, that seems to be just easy, common mistakes that, that, you know, parents make when it comes to sleep. So I think one of the biggest things, and I think that honestly, like as good moms and what is instilled in our hearts and our mind is that no amount of crying is like good for our babies. And I just always say like, you know, especially moms that have younger siblings or older siblings or suffer from postpartum depression or postpartum anxiety that allowing your baby to cry is 
there's no shame in that. As long as they're in a safe environment and all their basic needs of met are met, I always tell mamas like, it's okay. Like if you have a two-year-old that needs to be put down for bed and your mind is so stressed out, like lay that baby safely in their crib, know that they're safe and go spend that 15 minutes with your two-year-old so that your brain can take a break from that moment. I just think that even as a society, like tears have been portrayed as like, it's developmentally harming, you know, to their brain. Mm -hmm. And I totally understand that if it's, you know, environmental, if it's not a good situation or their basic needs aren't being met or they're not being fed properly or anything like that. But if you know your baby's fed, if you know that they're safe, if you know that they're well, like laying them down for that 10 or 15 minutes so that you can jump in and take a warm shower or you can cook your, you know, your dinners so that you feel like you're a human being or you can take care of your toddler. Like don't ever feel bad you know, for allowing them to be. One of our pediatricians always says to our picky mamas that it's, they're crying, they're not dying. Like they're okay. Like just remember they're safe, they're fed. You love them beyond. Um, and this 10 or 15 minutes that you need to get something done is totally okay. Yeah. There were times, yeah, where I would text and I'd be like, he's really struggling. And you would say, you know, it, well, when did he eat last? is he, did you change him? You know, does he, and is he still swaddled? Okay. Then he's okay, mama. Um, you know, like, and, and then you would also say, cause Mac had issues with his tummy and gas and acid reflux and stuff. And so he would cry for that, but you would say, when you pick him up, does he calm? And he did a lot. And so if he calmed when I picked him up, you would say, then he just wants comfort and he needs to learn that he can get comfort in his own bed. He doesn't only have to get comfort from you. And so that was really helpful for me when I, could text you and you would say, he's asked me those questions and kind of do a check and then say, okay, then he's safe. He's okay. You know, he's okay. He need this is a skill he needs to learn. It's really, it's hard to let them cry, but it's also, you're doing the right thing for them a lot. And I love, I mean, cause it is a gentle approach that you take with it. It's not a cry it out method, but it is, you're going to have to let your baby cry, but it's, I had to, and I needed your reassurance a lot of like, I had to be like this, I'm doing the right thing for him right now. You know, I'm teaching him a skill as hard as it is to hear him cry. It's what he needs. It's the right Mm -hmm. thing in this moment. It is. It is never easy. And I, like I said before, I never want to undermine that, but as long as it's in a safe and controlled environment that you know, they're, they're okay. And I always say like, it's, you know, like going back to holding them to sleep or rocking them, or, you know, when they just need you to hold them and love them up like this, it doesn't, we don't not allow that to happen. Like, honestly, it's, it's more or less, it's, it's when you want it to be versus when they need it to be so that you don't have this to-do list lying over your brain and in your mind that whole entire time, because then you're not enjoying those snuggles anyways, because you're thinking about every single task Mm -hmm. that you have to get done and get accomplished. So when it can be on your time and so say like baby's taking great naps all day. And then for that cat nap, you just want to snuggle them and love them up. And if they've been doing so well, there's no shame in that at all. And it's not going to mess them up, especially with good solid foundations. So just remembering that even though those, you know, first three to two, two weeks that we get started, once we have that good solid foundation, then 
definitely there can be naps with rocking and snuggling and all of that good stuff. Yeah. I love, yeah. So (laughs) there were many (laughs) nights where the monitor, sometimes I would just have to turn it down Mm -hmm. and reassure that, that Ashley, what you talked about, Jenna, what you're talking about, just telling yourself, I'm helping them learn skills. I'm helping Mm -hmm. them learn, be better. And I am not a bad mom. Can you talk about sleep environment for optimal Yeah. So I always get lots of questions about this. And honestly, like when my girls, my oldest is seven and my youngest is five back then, like sound machines and that kind of thing were not really that big of a deal or people always told you never to use them. And all the research and every pediatrician that I've talked to, they always say that um, sound machines are something that just allows their brain to relax and to focus on something else other than either their outside noise or, you know, the tears that they could have those first few minutes of them going down. So I always say a good sleep environment is a sound machine nice and dark, quiet place and their own safe sleep space. So a bed, a bassinet or a pack and play. And I always say like, this is just for the majority of the time. Like, you know, you have to go and you throw them in the car seat, you know, safely, you're monitoring them at all times, but in a stroller or something of that sort, developing and having this good foundation of these sound machine, dark room, pack or crib, pack and play is just going to be able to allow them to easier sleep anywhere else. So it's kind of like taking a little pressure off of them because they have the perfect environment. And so once they can learn to place themselves to sleep in the perfect environment, then they can sleep anywhere. And I know everyone's Mm -hmm. always surprised, but I always get all these pictures of mama's out at the beach or, you know, traveling or anything like that. And they're like, oh my gosh, like this is so true. Once they can place themselves to sleep, then they can sleep anywhere. So having that sound machine, you know, there to allow it to be a little bit of a less you know, cry is super beneficial and having the room a little bit darker so they don't have to, you know, have all the distractions in their room when they are trying to place themselves to sleep. But then taking those away when they are good sleepers and do have that good foundation, it's not going to cause them to not be able to sleep well just because they don't have a dark room. Mm. How do you go? So let's say somebody's listening to this. And they, every time the baby cries, they're going in to pick up baby. How would you recommend a transition into allowing baby to cry more? Like, like how would you coach someone who is maybe got some bad, not bad habits, but there's not optimal sleep, a lot of check-ins, a lot of picking baby up out of the crib. What might be some good next steps to help get to what we're talking about? So the biggest thing is just starting where you're feeding them in a good routine. So you're feeding them, you know, prior to doing that wake time and then really staying noticeable, being aware of what their wake time should be. Because I always say, you know, a baby that is going to place himself to sleep happier or less tearful. So really trying to start with 
the steps outside of before they even start crying, looking at their wake time, looking at when they need to be laid down in their bed so that they can be a happier placer to sleeper, but truly just giving yourself grace. So if you can only handle five minutes of crying at first, then do five minutes of crying, but really allowing them, you know, that they're fed, they're swaddled, they're placed down in their bed, you know, giving them that five minutes. And then I always teach about how to soothe without picking up. So Mm. rubbing belly, stroking the middle of the forehead, all of those kind of things before you go and pick up your baby is huge. And I always say like, the more you can soothe them without picking them up, the better and the more comfortable and secure that they can feel and get in the place that they're sleeping in. So really just allowing yourself grace, knowing that they're safe, and then just giving yourself a set timer. It's you set 10 minutes and two minutes feels like an eternity. So Mm -hmm. just really watching that timer, extending that as you can, depending on their age, um, will kind of depend on the length of time, you know, to allow for them to cry. But but doing whatever you feel within your heart that you can handle, but just slowly extending that that cry time each time. And it, it will get less and less each time too. And that whole eat, wake, sleep routine will, will help with that too. And with transitions too, like Mac has just recently transitioned out of a swaddle you know, I text the general, okay, do I go to a sleep sack or what do I do? And maybe we could talk through also some of your favorite products if you have any swaddles or sound machines or anything. But you said, yeah, I really like the zippity zip. And, but I didn't have that. So I transitioned him to a swaddle and he was in that for like a day or into a sleep sack and he was in that for a day. And then I ordered a zippity zip because the sleep sack was kind of too big of a transition for him. But anyway, and he was crying. And so I was like, okay, Jenna, what do I do? Do I go help him or do I let him be? And she's like, you know, you just have to let him be because again, teaching him the skill, it's, it's weird when they transition from what they're used to being tightly swaddled to now having more freedom. It's kind of weird for them, I think. And so, but then they have to relearn again. Oh, okay. I'm safe. Like this is okay. And even you said like sleeping on a belly is a new, like when they are able to roll over and they can flip and roll on their belly, that's a new thing that they have to adjust. Like everything is so big for their brains. And we think crying means like they're in pain. We need to do something, but really it's, that's their only way to express themselves too. Like that's their only way to communicate anything really. So like, you know, and then he cried, he, he cried really hard. The hardest I've heard him cry since birth really for probably 30 minutes. And it was really hard, but we left him and then he fell asleep and he hasn't cried since. You know, it's like he kind of had to learn, okay, I'm safe and this is, this is okay for me, you know, but that's, again, having you there. So I know what's the right thing for him right now, because my mama heart says, I want to go in there and save him and swoop him up, you know? So it was really nice to be able to reach out to you. Yes. That transition, any kind of transition, even if they're sleep trained, I always say like, just a little bit different kind of freedom. It just usually takes like a day or a night or a couple of naps to kind of get adjusted to that new, whether they're, you know, going like Mac from being swaddled and even out of his snoo. I mean, he Mm -hmm. had a lot of adjustments at one time. So really just being mindful of that. But yeah, I can talk about different items that I recommend for mama. So Mm -hmm. 
I really like that swaddle me. So we'll just start at the infant, newborn, basic newborn sleep stuff. Um, I love those swaddle me, the summer infant swaddle me wraps. They basically have the Velcro on them. Uh, and so they make it super easy for dads, middle of the night, anytime like that um, to use. They don't have a lot of extra fabric. Super easy to use, great swaddle. And I always say parents that say that their babies hate to be swaddled, I always say like really try and make sure that it's not the sleep that they're fighting, but like they always say that they're fighting that swaddle, but nine times out of 10, it's the, the sleep that they're fighting. Mm. So a swaddle is great. I really like the hatch sound machine just mm -hmm. because it can grow with the baby as they get older and they have like the color changing light, which as a toddler, then they have that green light or red light where they can get up and get, you know, mm. um, out of their bed then too. So that's super helpful for like those toddlers, but so a good investment that you can have and use as, you know, newborn age all the way up to toddler age. And I, Honestly, like those are the biggest sleep things that I would say is a sound machine and a swaddle. I really like the MAM pacifiers. The those, they're M-A-M, MAM pacifiers. And I always say my girls just use the newborn or the zero plus MAM, M-A-M pacifiers and they just worked so well because they had like four little wings on them and they basically suck to their mouth. Oh. And so un unlike the Wubbinubs that are super duper cute, they're just a little bit more top heavy and so they don't stay in the mouth as well. So no yeah. matter what age, like for Mac now as a six month old, would you do the, the zero plus or the newborns that size still works or... Once they got to be able to pick up their own passy and replace it and place it in their mouth, then I, I mean, it really, my girl's just matter. whatever passy, but yeah. I would just say like those first six months that definitely that newborn to zero plus, um, man passy was our best, personally, okay. our best passy that worked and stayed in the mouth the best. I'm adding okay. these to our store as we, as you're saying, Oh, good. Things. All of this is added to our Amazon store. The link to that in our Instagram bio. Yeah. Yay. And then of course, like when I always say like between like five and six months is when that big, strong moral reflex, which is that startle reflex that babies flail their arms and even causes them to cry goes away. And so once they get closer to that four month range, or of course, if they're ever rolling from their back to their tummy, then please know that they need to be unswaddled. It's no longer safe for them to be swaddled. So if they can roll from their back to their tummy, then no longer swaddling. But a good alternative is the zippity zip if they are rolling both directions or over four months old. But I will say that the Magic Merlin is personally my favorite just because it has a little bit more of comfort. Now, some kids can roll over in that. So you have to be super mindful if your baby is strong enough to roll over in that. My girls could never roll over in it, even when they were rolling over without mm. something on. Mm -hmm. So just being super mindful of what your child can do. But I always say like swaddle magic Merlin, then zippity zip. And honestly, they say that they can be in the zippity zip till they transition at one to like a full sleep sack just because they can move and they have, 
you know, they can lift themselves up fully, but yet it provides them a little bit more, you know, not as much freedom as just an open sleep sack has. Yeah. That's what we did Mac from swaddle. We use the Ollie swaddle, which is kind of similar to the one that you mentioned with the Velcro. Mm -hmm. So we did swaddle and then into the Merlin suit based on, you know, your recommendation. And then he was only in the Merlin suit for probably a week or two or something. Cause then he started rolling. Yeah. Yeah, He started a roll in the Merlin. Oh really? Like a couple months out of the Merlin. Oh yeah. No, that little stinker. moon man, like sumo wrestlers. No marshmallow dudes. So then I put him in a sleep sack and that was too much of a, too much freedom for him. So now he's in the zippity zip and he loves that. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. I would say that swaddles, sound machines, and pacifiers would be the top of my registry items for sure. Yeah. Awesome. If your baby truly does not, like, they place themselves to sleep, they fight that swaddle, they truly, truly hate it, then they have um, an arms up swaddle called the love to dream. And that would be a great alternative versus just putting them in a sleep sack when they're a newborn or eight weeks old, Mm -hmm. because they truly, truly, they'll never be able to get into a good deep sleep if they're constantly have these arms, you know, going all over the place. So giving them a little bit more help, securing those arms, whether they're up in the love to dream or swaddled is definitely key to, to good sleep. Awesome. Okay. You Yes. Those are products that are very needed. We also, I've got a couple things I want to add to it. And these are things as a mama that you, you don't, you're not leaving your house. You're, you know, you got a baby there right by your side. So you got to order things online, but you want good quality things. You want good product. You want want snacks. You want snacks. You want them to your door. You want diaper cream. You want supplements. You want well, guess you what? You want healthy things for you. You know, things, things to feed you. You got yes. to take care of yourself so you can take care of that little baby. Guys, Thrive Market is your ticket. So mm-hmm. I have been a member of Thrive. They do monthly or yearly subscriptions. I am a yearly subscriber because I love their products. It, the shipping is super quick. And I do get baby lotion. I got like belly butter lotion from Thrive. And now, of course, I, I love that you can filter by dietary preference. So if you are paleo, if you are gluten-free, dairy-free, vegetarian, mm. whatever, you can filter by those things. If you're a new mom and you want some some wine, they also have wine. You know, yeah. you can order yourself a little bottle there and, and get that going for yourself. But the bottom line is it's good quality products, clean, organic products, and and everything is already 25 to 50% off your traditional retail prices. And they also have carbon neutral shipping, which is free on orders over $49. I can't say enough good things about Thrive. No. I can't. I just can't do it. No, we are very proud Thrive Market members, and you will be too. Try it risk-free. Go to thrivemarket.com slash sip. Join today, and you'll get up to $20 in shopping credit toward your first order. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash sip and start your risk-free membership and get up to $20 toward your first order. Thrivemarket.com slash sip. Jenna, let's take some questions from our listeners. Yay. So this is from Nicole. 
How do I get my baby to nap in the crib? Night sleeps are fine, but not naps. So I always say that daytime naps are always going to be harder just because at nighttime your baby has that melatonin on their side. So daytime naps are all their brain. You know, we do have a little lingering melatonin in our brains during the daytime, but that is just all their work. So once again, getting them into that good eat, wake, and sleep, placing them down. The more that you can place your baby down awake to place himself to sleep, the more that they can work on connecting those sleep cycles so that they're not just napping at you know a 30 or 40 minute nap, which is just one complete sleep cycle. They're able to connect those sleep cycles to sleep for a duration of you know an hour and a half nap. So really just starting back at the basics, starting back at feeding and keeping them awake and placing them to sleep. And over on my Instagram page at For the Love of Sleep, I have a lot of different posts. And on one of my posts, I talk about the different wake times for your specific baby. So I would definitely check that out and just it's see like the number you... four. I mean, you'll yes, probably say it again, but the number four and then lo the love of sleep. Perfect. Yep. And um, just like a three month old should have an hour and 15 minutes of wake time, and a four month old should have an hour and a half you know, amount of wake time. And if you're doing above and beyond that, then you're going to have an overtired baby. And when we have overtired babies, they get a spike of cortisol and that basically sends their brain in overdrive. And it's as if they're awake, but yet they're really fighting that sleep mm. and it just makes for an all around crankier babe. So starting at the basics, working on that eat, wake, sleep, placing them down awake can really help work on those naps and, and doing that for bedtime. If you have a great sleeper, at bedtime, making sure that they're really truly placing themselves to sleep at nighttime. And that will help carry on to those good habits during the day too. The other thing that you told us is having a routine. So the baby knows what to expect. So like for Mac, you know, it was like when it was nap time, we would, you know, swaddle and then for our, our routine was swaddle and then bounce on the ball and sing him a song and then place him down right away. Hopefully drowsy, but awake. And then starting to do that every time so that, you know, when they get swaddled and then the bounce and then the song, they know, oh, it's nap time coming or whatever. And same with having a bedtime routine that that helps signify to them what to prepare, what's coming. Yep. Bedtime routine is so huge. And I even say like, getting a specific lavender lotion or something of that sort. So like when you are out and about or in a hotel room or something of that sort and you can't give them a bath or, you know, mm. do something that is a normal signal in their brain, they'll always have lavender lotion on and that's, you only use that at bedtime. So anything little like that, that you can do consistently is going to establish that, you know, clicking in their brain. Oh, it's bedtime. Like, okay, it's time to chill out and get ready for, you know, going down in my crib. So just thinking about those little kind of things when you're developing your own personalized bedtime routine is, is huge. I yeah. think this could apply to adults too, having yes. special little sleep associations. I don't know if this goes beyond what we're supposed to be talking about here in terms of age of children, but a lot of questions on transitioning out of crib into toddler bed. Is that something that we can, any yeah. quick tips or anything around that? 
So I always say like, if they're crawling out of their crib, it's better to just bite the bullet, put the crib mattress on the floor of the bedroom first before you go out and spend all this money on a big toddler bed or convert the crib yet. Just try them on the mattress, put the mattress outside of the crib. And um, that's something that we can talk. I do calls for our older toddlers where I do a 30-minute one-on-one call and we kind of take your specific situation, your child's age, and I kind of give you different tips. I have a three-step math method that goes over nine days that gets your toddler staying and sleeping in their bed. And so that's just something that we can discuss on a one-on-one call, but really, truly just starting getting that mattress out don't hesitate if they're crawling out of their bed allow them to feel big and you know a lot of times they they want that freedom and once they have that freedom then they feel like they're a little bit more in control and do a lot better of going down for naps and staying you know on that mattress once they do feel like they're a big a big boy or a big kid and and talking to them about it and reminding them of the expectations of them and setting those boundaries and those guidelines is is going to be huge too A lot of questions. This one from Manda, thoughts on co-sleeping. So as a safe sleep, um, you know, sleep coach and one that works in the pediatric ICU, I just have to put on my nursing hat and just say that any baby that I have taken care of that we call it interrupted SIDS, basically we were able to get them back, but unfortunately they don't have any kind of brain activity has been all because they've been bed sharing and Mm. accidentally rolled over. Or, you know, as moms, we always say like, oh, you know, I'm not a heavy sleeper, but those sleep deprived moments are so hard and it's just, it's just not worth it. And I, they do make, like, if it is something that you want baby in the bed physically with you, they do have some like actual co-sleeping beds that you can put in bed with you. But I would just make sure that it's, um, you know, an approved bed that they have their own little mattress that there's nothing extra in it. Um, and it's nothing that like could get knocked off the bed or rolled, you know, in between you guys just make sure that it's safe. But with my program and the, the things that I've unfortunately seen, I just cannot, you know, it's just not something that I say is okay. Um, and I know that everyone has their own, you know, and there's no shame if that's what's worked for your family and you're okay with it and it's, you know, been fine, then that's great. It's just something that I always like to point out the, you know, the big dangers of it and, you know, just making sure that you are, yeah. yeah, it's just, it's super hard when you've been on the other side of it. So I just always like for parents to, you know, be aware of those it's probably like a cop that like sees the value of wearing a seatbelt because they see so many accidents when people are not wearing seatbelts or something, you know, it's like, maybe you'll be okay if you drive and you don't have a seatbelt on and maybe you'll be okay if you get in an accident and you drive, you know, but what if you're not, what, you know, like why not just wear the seatbelt or whatever? Like, mm-hmm. so it's for you, it's not a, it's not good for the baby or it's like a safety thing that it comes down to. It's not a, you know. You know, it probably would be good just before we leave that topic and and close here to just, I don't know if you want to give a quick reminder on what safe sleep looks like. Mm. Yeah. So a safe sleep environment is 
a baby's own space, whether that's a pack and play or a bassinet or a crib. But absolutely, until they're um, over a year old, there should be nothing in that crib. We want just a fitted sheet. I know that those loveys are super nice and look so cute and they love them up, but just it's just not worth it. It's not worth it at all, you know, to have those bumpers, right? No bumpers. Yep. So once they get especially rolling, like you don't want them to, you know, roll into the side of the rail and have those bumpers. So anything extra that doesn't come with the crib, that doesn't come with the mattress is, is not, you know, American Academy of Pediatrics approved. So just being super mindful of back to sleep, laying your baby on their back, having them swaddled or in a sleep space or in a sleep um, suit so that they don't have any extra blankets or anything like that is just so key too. Yeah. And I think it's important too, to remind anyone who might be caring for your child as well Mm -hmm. um, of what your sleep rules are. I think there's a lot of, it wasn't always taught like this, right? And so sometimes as others are watching your children, they might think it's fine to put blankets on. And so Absolutely. And the same goes with car seats. I know that, you know, your baby's sleeping and you don't want to interrupt them and you put them in their car seat in the back bedroom or something of that sort. I always say like, it's never okay for if your baby's not snapped in the car or snapped in a stroller for them to ever be left unattended in that um, car seat. So really keeping an eye on them at all times. And it's always best that if they are napping, when you do get home from running an errand, that you do take them out of that car seat and lay them in a safe sleeping space. I've heard that, but why is that? Because it's like, if they're safe in the car and you could be like out running errands all day and they're in the car seat, or like if you're on a road trip and you're driving for two hours, they're facing the other way. So how come it's not safe? Like, to bring them in and leave them in the car seat? Well, they say it's with the incline of how the car seat sits versus mm. when it's like clicked into a space. Mm. And then also a lot of times parents will take and unbuckle those buckles. And so then they'll scoot down or get their head propped in a different direction. And so it basically occludes their off, yeah. um, airway. So just, and you know, I'm, I'm guilty of it too. I've, came home from putting the groceries away. I just say like, I've left my girls right there where I can see them at all time. Why I finished this task. And it's not something that I just go and put the car seat in a separate room. Like I want to know that they're okay. Mm -hmm. Um, and I leave them buckled, you know, that whole, that whole time, but it's just truly best to, you know, since they're not at the proper incline that they are when they're clicked in their car seat or clicked in a stroller, Mm -hmm that that car seat is made for, that they're just laying flat in their, in their safe sleep space. And I will say it's also very tempting because you want sleep so bad. So I hear a lot of moms or I've seen a lot of moms say like, well, my baby just doesn't sleep on their back. So I put them on their side or I put them on their tummy. And it's like, that's another skill they have to learn. They have to learn to fall asleep on their back because yes, you want sleep, but you don't, want them to sleep forever. You know, like it, safety has to be, there were so many times where I'm like, it would just be easy to do X, Y, Z, but I can't because something could go really wrong here and it's not worth that sleep, you know? Exactly. Yeah. It's, I just always say it's, it's never worth it. It's hard and you know, it's exhausting, but 
just always going that extra mile to make sure that they're safe at all times. And I've talked about this, Colin, I both have, but it's an investment, but the outlet, I don't know what you, if you have thoughts on the outlet, but I am so grateful for the outlet. Even now, like max six months and I still check it several times a night. Um, if I'm just like waking up and I'm just like, and also it tells me like his heart rate. So I can say, is he in a deep sleep? Oh, is he starting to, you know, if he's heart's beating faster and I know he's maybe coming into a lighter sleep or he's about to wake up or whatever. Um, but it's been, and with what's going on right now and the sickness and everything, I can see his oxygen. So I, I don't think it's maybe full. I don't know how it's not probably not a hundred percent accurate. Cause it's a reading on their foot. It's $300, but it for me is like a must have for. For sure. Yeah. And even as a PICU nurse, like I am totally, totally all for it. Gives you that peace of mind. If that's what's going to help you sleep better at night, then that outlet is worth every penny thing. I mean, it wasn't a big deal or something that was really on the market seven, five, mm-hmm. seven years ago, but definitely if I had a baby now, they would have an outlet on. Yeah. Jenna, this was awesome. Thank you yeah. so much for coming on and sharing your time, your knowledge, um, with all of our listeners. Thank you guys um, so much for having me. I wish I would have had this podcast when Ben was little, but even now it's such good reminders. So these are general principles. I feel like there was a lot of really helpful stuff in here, but really truly guys, um, even if your baby is someone commented the other day and was like, I have an eight month old and I can't get more than an hour of sleep or something. And I'm like, she's like, how are you doing it? And I'm like, you need to talk to my freaking sleep coach. So it doesn't, you know, however old your baby is. And I feel like your plans are super affordable. Um, you also, she's going to offer a code. So why don't you tell people where they can find you? And we already said for the love of sleep, but whatever. And then also the code that you want to offer. Yeah. So I have a website and it's like Ashley said, it's the number four, the love of sleep, um, dot com. And on there you'll find a contact me form and you can fill that out and I'll get back to you and we can kind of discuss, you can browse over the packages there and we can kind of discuss which package would be best for your family. You can um, check me out on Instagram at the number four, the love of sleep, as well, or always shoot me an email at for the number four, the love of sleep at gmail.com. And in my Instagram, you can also click, it says email. And if you click right there, I'll take you right to emailing me. But all of my prices, packages, frequently asked questions, testimonials are all there that you guys can see. And for Anyone who mentions the podcast can um, get $10 off any package now through the end of August. So yeah, I would love to chat and to see if my program is right for you guys and which package would be right for you. But thank you girls so much Mm -hmm. for having me. It's been such a joy and you mamas, you guys are the best. And even dads, if you guys are listening, like you guys are awesome. And just always remember that you were made to be this baby's parent and they love you. And just remember, you know, that you're going to do what's best for your baby, no matter what that is. So yes. Thanks again for having me. Thank Thank you. You are the best. Thank you girls. All right. All right. Oh, you guys, man. Oh, that was jam packed with good information. That's sleep is so important. So hopefully you guys take us up on that. You know what else is important? What? Living pain free. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. living with chronic pain is the worst. Worst. And I, I have had it in my lower back. I get shoulder tension and Ugh. it is, it's distracting. It can throw off your whole day. And then on top of, if you're not sleeping, oh, it's just a recipe for disaster. But guess what? What? Paul and I have found a product yeah. that is going to change the game for you. Enter Omax, Omax. Health. Omax Health. Dude. Yeah, if you're looking to get rid of nagging muscle and joint pain immediately while providing long-lasting recovery, you need to try Omax, natural breakthrough pain relief solution. It's a CBD roll-on, cryo-freeze, developed by Omax Health. Listen, I had a little like pull in my calf and it was it was really bugging me. And this really, really helped. If I get little like ah, discomfort in my shoulders and my back, I rub a little bit of this on. It really helps. It's non-prescription, triple action pain relief roll-on, specifically formulated to block pain receptors, reduce inflammation, and improve muscle and joint flexibility. The best part, 100% natural, CBD powered. It's magic. Within 10 minutes of application, lasts up to eight hours. My knee is bothering me right now. I'm hobbling around. So guess what I'm going to do? Omax. I'm r- literally <laughs> rubbing it on as we as we speak, you guys, because I was like hobbling. I don't know what I did to it. You've got a lot on. That's good. That's is that good. too That's much? Good. I mean, you just, you're taking a bath in it. <laughs> wow. Well, I, you know, never better. have too much of a good thing. Isn't that what they say? More is more. It's more <laughs> better. Yeah, but instantly okay it is it's tingling it feels good it's got it's bringing me back to life it's bringing my knees back to life well my one knee she's back i'm back baby okay (laughs) so i don't know now we can go right into telling you guys how to get it right yes okay so guess what folks (laughs) whatever sippers omax health is offering our listeners 20 percent off a full bottle of cryo-free CBD pain relief roll-on plus free shipping. The discount also applies towards any product site-wide. So check this out, but anything else that you want to go to omaxhealth.com today and enter code SIP. That is O-M-A-X health.com and enter code SIP to get 20% off cryo-freeze and site-wide awesome wow my knee does guys it's yeah it's legit i've I've put it on my shoulder before but only just to like feel it i don't feel like it was like super painful this is the first time i'm putting it on when i have pain and i feel like it's making a difference oh yeah yeah which is cool it's pretty awesome okay let's bring it home what a great fun episode with jenna but it's time to rant and rave so and woo mm mm-hmm do you want me to do my rant first because i feel like you're rave i feel like i might know what it is i feel like it should bring you don't Ah! um you don't know what it is oh oh now i'm excited so do you want to rant first all right so my rant and i i don't matt you've got to wear your masks folks we've talked about like people not wearing masks you gotta wear masks but so I don't want this to for anyone to interpret this as I'm anti-mask because I'm not. But when you're wearing masks, have you ever eaten something like kind of bad and then put your mask on? No. Oh, my God. So anyway, I'm talking bad breath trapped in your mask. <gasps> burps trapped in your mask. Oh, 
shit. I, or just like, you know, I'm interacting, <gasps> like going, like I had to pick up a prescription and I'm a friendly person. I want to smile, you know, and I'm smiling, yeah. but I know they can't Maybe see me. So I'm like, see. smile, smile with my right. eyes, be extra. I kind of like do a little head bob thing. Hey, look how happy <laughs> I am to see you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh man. I, I finally got contacts. We'll talk about that on Patreon. It's not that interesting. But I was wearing and part of the reason I got contacts finally this late in my life was because I would wear glasses with my mask. Phagosaurus. Air just circulating, getting Uh trapped into Uh my steamy. Yes. Just steamy. steamy. Mm -hmm. My pupils were taking a a hot tub. Yeah. So, you know, (laughs) just boiling. Well, am I in a steam room here? Yes. So I love masks. Yeah. And I also, I just had to, I just had to, that felt therapeutic. But there is, there is, yeah. So I went and got my hair done, you know, and it takes like four hours. I have so much hair and I was sitting there and by the end of it, I felt like, like I felt for the people that are wearing masks all the time because it just felt irritating on my face. I felt like that portion of my face was sweating. It was like hot and I was just over it, you know? Yeah. So yeah, they're safe. We need to have them, but they're not always the, you know. They can also be a bitch, Um, but they're they're our bitch. They're necessary. All right, I'm gonna make you my bitch. Okay, Um, my rant, rant, my rant. So I don't like when you go somewhere and they, it's a place that you tip, but they tell you, "Would you like to tip?" and then they have to enter it in instead of you writing it yourself. Yeah, it just makes me feel weird. Like, yes, like it's thinking on my feet. And even though like if you write it in, they're going to see what you're tipping, but it just feels weird to say it out loud. Like, I feel like they're judging me or I'm judging myself. So this just happened at the hair salon. She was like, here's your total. And then she ran my card and she's like, and I'm just standing there and she's like, oh, you're good. And I'm like, well, what don't I have to like, don't I have to sign? She's like, no, you're good. And I'm like, well, how do I tip? And she was like, oh, well, I can run it again if you want. And I was like, okay. But then I had to tell her what I wanted yeah. to tip. How much do and, you want to add on? Right. Yeah. Or at like a massage place, you know, and there's someone yeah. sitting in the room. Hey, if you want to, do would you like to add gratuity here? And I'm like, uh, sure. I don't want to seem like a schmuck in front of this person. I don't know how much to add. Okay. And I got to do the yeah, math quick quickly math. in my head. What do yeah. I do? What's 20%? I don't know. They do it at my nail salon, you know, and it's just, I just, they need to get rid of the thing that says yeah. that where we need to print if there should be a tip involved and I'm not pissed at tipping. I love to tip. I love the tip. Who doesn't <laughs> love the tip? You know, I, I could, know. I could fuck with a tip anytime I want, you know? But, but I want to do it in the privacy of my own brain. Yes. I don't want to be having a conversation with you about it. I want it right here in my face so I can write it down. And, you know, I like to keep the tip private between me and my me. Yes, I know what you mean. It is yeah. a private matter. It's a private and it should matter. Be handled Tips should not be such. a public display. No, 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 no I so, agree with anyway. you. Yeah. Right, what's your rave? Okay, my rave. So I've talked about her before, either on Patreon or here. I have an aunt, a favorite aunt. Her name is Aunt Sandy. And my my sweet Aunt Sandy, I was going through and cleaning our garage and I found old letters that we would send back and forth to each other because she used to live in New York before she, you know, lived here. And um, she's been 
like really quarantined as of Chris and I, and we did a social distance get together in my backyard where she sat in the middle of the yard and she came over and it was really nice. Like it made my rave is like seeing her. Yeah. And before that, we'd had a really good phone call, like over an hour. And it just, you know, it fills your heart when you're connected with family. She left me a voicemail after our social distance get together. And I thought I would play that voicemail here. Because I feel like everybody, if you don't have someone like Aunt Sandy in your life, you need one. So I'm I'm lending out, out my Aunt Sandy and how good she makes you feel. Aww. So now she can be your Aunt Sandy, too. Hi, honey. This is Aunt Sandy. I just wanted to thank you for our social distancing, sipping, been watching that we did last night. <laughs> His little, he was the hottest ticket in, in town, and it was so nice just to see him be him and be with you and your mom. And anyway, it, you couldn't, I couldn't have asked for a better gift than to sit and watch that little boy. He's just mm. darling. And I was thinking about some of the things we talked about last night, and I just wanted to say I don't think it's a coincidence that we were all born at this time to see this turmoil in the world. Um, there's a line from the poem Desiderata that says, um, and whether or not it's clear to you, no doubt the universe is unfolding as it should. So I think, honey, that what that means is we need to be the calm we need to be, this is all supposed to happen. We need to hold the love and the light and be the calm in the middle of the tornado. And it's all going crazy around us, but it's supposed to be happening. And uh, I think Maya Angelou said that when we know better, we'll be better. So I think we're just all evolving and i think we'll have a better world anyway honey that was my thoughts on what we were talking about last night and i just want you to know and always remember you are so loved and i'm looking forward to our next sipping um then watching party social distancing of course Okay, sweet pea. Love you, and I'll talk to you later. Bye. Oh. There you go, Sippers. There's your new favorite aunt. Do you know who she reminds me of? Glennon Doyle. Mm. Yeah. She's she's got like a that peace thought. She's magic. Yeah. Yeah. And I also loved the line of, she said, I think it was, I liked just sitting there watching Ben being him. Or ben mm -hmm. being Ben or something, which is a really cool thing to say about anybody. You know, like I just yeah. liked seeing that person be that person. You know? She made a ticket that said admit one to the Ben show. And she said, don't worry, I have my ticket to just watch Ben. So anyway, I just wanted to share her magic which is with all also, of you. She that's is also brave. really cool because I feel like it's pretty rare that somebody wants to just watch your kid. Like we, mm -hmm. I like watching my kids. Like I'm sure, you know, and I like, I would like watching Ben, but I don't generally think I love watching it, just staring at other people's kids that much. And yeah. for her to just be like, that's exactly what I needed. 
mm-hmm. was it Take It to the Ben show? Is just oh my heart. I mm-hmm. love Aunt Sandy. What is your rave, man? Okay, so I think maybe we'll download a little bit more. So we didn't do our standard faves this week. So easily I could have said my rave was Saturday celebration. I feel like, is that what you thought it was going to be yesterday? Yeah, and that was good. I think I'm going to download that a little bit more over on Patreon. But if we had time to do our favorites this week, my favorite thing I heard has now moved into my rave spot. Okay. Okay. So last night, we, you know, partied and celebrated and after everybody left, gave John a hug and said thank you. And we just had a moment of, you know, like really nice. He was so nice and how we're really proud of our family and our life. And and then I was like, okay, I'm going to go to bed, kiss, goodnight. And he was staying up. I go to the bedroom, realize I don't have the monitor. So I'm walking across the house and he's in the kitchen. And I walk through and he's like, hey, I got to tell you something. And I was like, what? And he's like, I really love Mac. He's like, I just think he's the coolest kid. And he's like, you know, I love Revy, but I don't remember feeling like this about Revy. I, he's like, I love her now, you know, but I don't remember having these feelings. He's like, I get so excited to go wake him up. And every time I pick him up and then I go show him himself in the mirror and he smiles. And he's like, I'm so glad we had him. Mm. And we were talking back and forth and I started like tearing up and he was like, Talk, we're talking, talking. And he's like, anyway, I just felt like I had to tell you that. And I thought it was the sweetest thing ever. Really. I just think it's mm. so cute that he loves him so much and that he felt like he just had to stop me as I was walking from one room to the next to tell me and that. share his heart. And yeah. share that. Yeah. And I love that he loves Mac and he's excited because I think we did love Revy, but we were also really stressed. Like being a first yeah. time parent is very stressful. Um, it can feel very overwhelming. Everything feels like a very big deal because you're just, the learning curve is steep. And I think now with Mac, we're able to have just more joy in those moments because we know things are going to be okay. Like we know not to stress about things or whatever. There's just a little bit more peace that comes with it. So, and he's like, you know, I love Revy. I love waking up and like Revy's my favorite right now to hang out with, but he just is like, I guess, overwhelmed with how he feels about Mac. And I thought that was really cool. So I love that. I love that. Both. Yeah. Had family raves this week. All right, you guys, we love you. you. Mm-hmm. And you can sip with us always. always. And we will see, see you, you next, next Tuesday. Tuesday. Bye. Bye. Want more? You can sit with us. How about another round of your favorite podcast? We uh, same, Sign me up. same, same, same. Join us for another round over on Patreon. That's where we give you the down and dirty. We get raw and real. We raw dog it over there. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Every Friday, at least, we drop Friday episodes over on Patreon and additional content. It's all ad free. You can sign up. Go to Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash you can sip with us or download the Patreon app. And search. You can sip with us. Become a patron. Five bucks, guys. It's five bucks a month. I mean, just give up your latte one day. One day mm-hmm. out of 30 days, boom, paid for. Yeah. 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 Totes, kibbutz.
Do it. We'll see you over there. KCU. Every Friday, Love guys. Love you. Bye. You're our crew. Bye.